Okay, we began last week to try to figure out what the decision was based on. Yoshio Amel's decision to go to battle, and as I mentioned, this is probably the most complex, somewhat uh, hateful, more than somewhat, in terms of the fact that the Pusik has befairish many times, his level of Tzitkus, and the fact that he is in the top of the list, top two, three, four, five of all the Tzadikah Malche Beis Yehuda. And he clearly has accomplished a lot in terms of the tshuva that he has caused and the achdus, his melacha with the Asar Seshvatim. And he's destroying all the Avodazar, thinks he's finished, that's part of the problem. And the question that we're going to deal with the Mitzvah Shem today. Whatever we don't finish today, we'll probably have to wait till after Pesach. Next week there will be no shear. Unless against my better interests, but your wife will be somewhat uh, gratified that you're going shopping earlier. So take a look at page one of the Medjish Rabbah, three pages in. We saw the Pesukim Divrei Yamim last week. So Paranachai finds out that Yoshio HaMelech is assembling the army, has assembled the army to meet him, and it's not a meet and greet for tea, it's to stop him from entering Eretz Yisrael. And he can't understand what he's thinking. Is he thought he sent a clear message before that I'm just passing through, don't mind us, don't mind me, and we'll be out of sight before you know it. Maybe, yeah, maybe not, probably not. And I have this on good authority from your Nevi'im, from your God, the only God, he didn't say that part. And what are you doing? Why are you here? What are you starting up? Yishlach Elav Malachim Leymar. Ma'ali Valach Melch Yehuda Lalacha Ata Hayyim. That is the word Hayyim again. That wasn't a promise that he's never coming back with nefarious intent. But today I'm here for peaceful purposes, just passing through, going to fight Aram, Ki El Beis Melchamti Ve'elokim Lashon Kaidish Amar Yivahaleni. Akash Baruch is rushing me to the battlefront and it's not in Eretz Yisrael. I'm just headed north. And the Medrash says, this Elohim is Lashon Kedish. Mi pi hakosh baruchu ani oila. Chadalacha me Elohim. This part's machlekes. This is the position the Medrash takes. Chadalacha me Elohim. You better back off and go home because the gods that are with me, me Elohim asher imi, my many gods, pick your hour, pick your day, pick your force in nature, they had a god. Earth, heavens, fires, little geshkas, big geshkas, doesn't make a difference. He was convinced that he was able to threaten the Melch Yisrael with Hakash Baruch Hu and Lahavdol of Avdolos with the Avodah with him in the same paragraph, and that wasn't the Stira, which is the Krum Machshava that every other Avodah had. Chadalacha Melehim. Asher imi, zelashnavaz chavim, 
And many of the say, Dafka, because of that, when Yoshio heard that, he couldn't, he felt he couldn't back off because now it would be a chil Hashem. Yeshua Amel didn't listen to Paro Nechai even in the first part of the sentence when he said, I have a good authority from the Nevi'im. And we won't lose the trees in the forest over here. It's not that complicated, but this part of the magic parallels the Gemara we'll see in a moment that there was some sort of message understood by Yeshua Amelach that Yemiah sort of told them in the name of Yeshaya that this is their battle and let them destroy themselves, let them fight themselves, let them knock themselves out. Uh, they're enemies of the Yidin, they're enemies of HaKosh Baruch Hu, the it's not your problem right now, and therefore go home. As the Pasuk says in Yeshaya, Sechsachti Mitzrayim B'Mitzrayim. Let them self-destruct. And Yeshio HaMelech didn't listen. The question which we left off in the middle of last week, which is the most complicated part, was there a direct conversation? Was not a direct conversation? Was the direct tzivu from Yermio don't go? Did not listen to a direct tzivu? That was your question at the end of the shir. What was he told? What was he not told? Your Rebbe, Yeshaya, said they're going to destroy themselves, don't mind them, but your Rebbe's Rebbe, Meshe Rabbeinu, said that I have a right to stop them because I have a guarantee, I have a promise that when Klai Yisrael is doing the right thing, not only will there not be a war against Klai Yisrael, there won't even be a war anywhere in the environment where the army will have to pass through our country with all the possible dangers and improper hushpahs that that has. He, he wasn't dreaming. Having an army and a fellow like Paranacha pass through is bad for the Jews. 100,000 soldiers, none of them are up to any good. And on a good day, they bring very bad hushpahs and, and dangers to everybody who's living in the local villages. Even if he keeps his promise, he doesn't overtly stop with anybody. It's not Gishmak, and it's a violation of our sovereignty. If, uh, if you recall, the Quartering Act, I think? 1760, 70? You weren't around then. It wasn't that long ago. I believe the Quartering Act was the official proclamation of the British government that the colonists, that's us, unless you have somebody here from England, um, the colonists were obligated to house the soldiers and feed them and probably entertain them and who knows what else and, and live with them even though they had bright red coats and they were annoying and we had to pay for it. And the British probably said, well, they're just passing through when they were here and probably said more than that because they said, you're a colony, you have to do what we say, you have to pay for it. Even a Paranacha wasn't asking for any money. It's very annoying. And they're not passing through like flying over. Recently, they, uh, one of our dear cousins allowed us to fly over on the way back so we wouldn't have to take a a route that's seven hours longer, nicer than they're definitely uh, some places cooling down or melting, whichever way you want to say. They didn't ask to fly over for 20 minutes. They asked to walk through. They can't fly. They're not taking a train. They're not taking a car. It's not even an armored division. It's a slow process. And the locals don't like it. The Quartering Act, they didn't like it because they had to pay for it also, and they already had machshavas of rebellion and didn't like the whole thing. What's called the Quartering Act? 
Yaakov, you're uh, check before your time also. Okay. Ella. So again, the quote over here is a passing at Chumash. The question is, does it apply? What? Uh, <laughs> it's. Um, I think uh, you'll you'll tell me afterwards. But I think the British were the villains over there, and uh, the colonists are the ones that are complaining. And the point is, is this is dangerous. They're not pleasant people. They're bad ashba. They're risham. They're badazar. And I'm running Kleisel. Then I belong here. Which, in essence, no one's arguing that point. The question is, how much of a menace is it right now? Now, what information was? Yoshia HaMelech missing. Obviously, Yoshia was missing something enough that this became a decision of Shem Shemayim that's going to become a bad decision, that's going to become a fatal decision, that's going to become a disaster for the rest of Klai Yisrael. What was he missing? He didn't know. Nakal over here is a strong word. It can't be kol. He did cause tshuva for many people. I'm surprised. I have to fetch and say that kol means right. It's still a big number. That means he was on his way, well on his way, 40%. He thought he was at 100% or 95% enough that he bezeched to the bracha. That's a very strong word. Now the Medjushek is an example. Hava, next page, too. This is how he thought he was succeeding, and they were not only not listening, some of them, or many of them, but they were making fun. And they were lahachis. Mishlach zug tamidim He used to send dele- delegations of pairs of tamid chachamim who were supposed to be enforcing this. The mevara means to destroy beer. That just sounds familiar this season. The good news is they came in, looked around, couldn't find a thing. The houses were not 25 rooms with all sorts of closets, but depending on the income bracket, they came in, looked around, and how much are they searching already? They didn't see anything. They figured the idols would be recognizable. They didn't realize they were behind the door in a very, very secretive way. Dinafkun. So when they left, listen to this carefully, the people were sitting in the living room and they knocked on the door and they had a, uh, I guess, a warrant. They walked in and they said, okay, you rabbis, whatever you want, look around. And uh, they did so. And they're still sitting on the couch and they said, do us a favor, instead of us getting up, uh, when you leave, can you please close the door? Which already is a little strange. You have two dignitaries visit you, Mitam HaMelech, and they were Tamil Chachamim, walking to the door, walking to Al-Ramis. It's already something strange, but it gets worse. Tanafgon, Amaron, Turudu, Tyron, please close the door. Mindahavin, Tardin, Latare, have a say. And when you close the door, you could see the Avadazar on the inside, which means the door is the folding doors. You came in, the Avodah is folded up so you couldn't see if it's behind the door. And then when they actually closed the door, they actually formed the Avodah back. So they did this badafka so the people coming to destroy the Avodah should actually make the Avodah on their way out, which is lahachis. And they wanted them to do it, and they spelled it out. And then they had a good laugh when they left. 
EU left uh, last. Unfortunately, uh, this didn't get them Alam Haba. We hope they did Chuva. Amru Alliance, they said after they left, about them in the Asa Vitikin, they thought when they came, they destroyed the Yavadazar, and they opened the door, the Yavadazar had to fold. Who the Asa Vitikil, they're the ones who propped up the Yavadazar by closing the door as they left. Therefore, no, but they, they, got a, they got a kick out of the fact that, you see, you came to destroy it. He says, I'm not getting off my couch. You close the door. I want you to make the Avodah right. When they walked out, they, from the inside, as they were sitting on their couch, they saw it. Lofichach, he went to battle, and he was killed. He was killed quickly. He was killed first, and sounds like from the Pasuk, he was the only one killed. Everybody else ran. Vayeru hayerum lamelech yoshio. The archers saw him. Amar gives Rabbi Mani, Shlesh Me'es Chitzim Haribay. They shot him with 300 arrows. Achanasa Gufo Kikfar, he died a pretty horrific death. He was so injured, he was still talking and conscious because the Pasuk we saw last week said he told his advisors to please uh, move him to the second chariot and move him to the back and get him to Shalayim. And he died, died on the way, and they buried him there, and he had a burial full honors. And he's not going to be around to see the Chorban, which for him was a bracha. The imagery over here, it's not just imagery, the, the fact is there's 300 chitzim and nasa gufo kvara. The imagery is interesting. It's an interesting word to pick. Kvara is a sieve for the modern people in the room. Sieve is a thing with a lot of holes in it. You can use it, picture like a colander for your spaghetti. And the water goes out or for your flour. Actually, this time of year, it's something, it's a word you should know. And he had so many holes in him, 300, that he would, there was blood coming out all over the place. Why? I, I would never raise such a question if I didn't have an answer. We can't ask why somebody was, what, why they died here, where the Medrash and the Gemara will, is telling us the answer. Why he died like this, this terrible torture of 300 and the sieve. We normally can't ask the question, but we can over here, because the Mofar Hashem has some very fascinating insights why this word was chosen and why he has to get injured and pierced 300 times. You can get killed once. One arrow would have done the trick if he's Chaimis, he's Chaimis. He's not destined to live, and he made the wrong decision. Why is this necessary? So we will address that. And Yemio comes close to his mouth. He was mumbling something because he was dying and he wanted to hear what he was saying. I violated the word of Hashem and the word of Ishliach, meaning the Navi. Which means you told me, you insinuated, we have to explain that, that I shouldn't be going. I thought I knew better and I was wrong as the Tzaddik would do, and the tzaddik that he was, he died saying vidui and doing tshuva. Why did he have to go and listen? Why was that important? So, we have the Gemara to back this medrash up. The Gemara has many parallels and a few additions, and we will see that right now. Take a look at the next Gemara. Gemara and Tainus, Stavchaf. A few very important details. Six lines down. Everyone 
Again, the same lotion. Like a sieve. Amar, Rab Shmuel, Banachmeni. Amar, Bechelene, Manena, Shoshio, Neshahayola, Limlach, Biyirmio, Veloy, Nimlach. That already is a very important chilik. The Medrash makes it sound like they had a conversation. He asked him, or Yirmio Hanavi found out he was assembling the army and was preparing for war, and he went over and he told him, no, 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 I have a Kabbalah for my Rebbe, and they're going to destroy themselves, don't worry about it, go home. This is not your battle, and you can't rely on because not everybody did truth yet. And then Yeshua Melchan says, no, your Rebbe's Rebbe said I can, that's what the Pusik says, and I, people are doing well, and uh, nothing to worry about. Here, the Gemara says, Sounds like he didn't ask. Well, which is it? You could say it's a machalikis, the Gemara, the Medrash. I'd rather not make a machalikis if we don't have to. And I believe that they're saying the same thing. It can't be, and this is the question you asked at the end of Shia last week. Did he ask him the favorish? Did he get a no? If he got a no, can he argue? So, one mahaloch is, that you can argue per Masechtaharius, as we mentioned, if you know 100% for sure that this angel is making a mistake and you follow them, it's your fault. And you've got to bring a carbon. And you're not allowed to follow authority and error. We don't have papal and fallacy, if I can borrow the expression. With that said, the Sahedrin, historically, I don't know if they were a good Sahedrin, if they were ever wrong, if anybody ever knew, and everybody always thinks they're right, and you always think this time you're right, and the person you listen to is wrong, and you always follow Das Terry unless you don't. And many people, unfortunately, always follow Das Terry unless they're not in the mood, in which case they decide they're wrong this time. And punk, it happens to be with me, they're wrong. Most of the time they're right, they're very great people. So that's a general problem in our subjective view of what's going on. And everybody has a subjective view, and Yoshio thought, rightfully so, that he's doing such a job here, and he destroyed so many of Odazaras, and he's going around the land burning everything and grinding everything and tossing it away. We have to be zechet in this bracha. So, you understand the context, one second. And here we have a situation where there is a pasuk, and the Navua is a bit of a chiddish, and your question was, is he allowed to disobey? The answer is, technically, if he knows a thousand percent for sure that the Sahedra, in this case, Yemio, is wrong, he can't listen. But that's not the scenario, because you have a Pasuk at Chumash. No, you have a Kasha on Pasuk. Okay. Kasha, the... I'll talk about this maybe, Shabbos Agoldo, maybe over Pesach, but the Belzarebbe was once baking matzahs right before Pesach, and uh, probably had a Pesach matzahs, and... Somebody gave a bracha, says, Mr. Shem, next year we should be in Yushalayim. He said, next year? Like in 12 months from now? He said, well, you know, Sarah Pesach, the old come right now. We'll get there. He asked him a kasha from the Gemara. The Gemara says, Elohim, can't come. Erev Yantav and Erev Shabbos. So different versions of what he said. One version is, when Elohim comes, let him come. I'll answer the kasha. Or he'll answer the kasha. You know, that might be so famous. So we'll deal with it. So he said it because what the Mashiach wasn't the down gate. He says, Elio Anavi, you want the version of Elio Anavi, you'll deal with it. Kish, Tishbi Yatarits, even though that's only when you have a takeu. But okay. There was no takeu. He has a fair Shikamar. Nobody argues. Okay. Akasha Namaisa. Let Elio Anavi come and we'll figure it out. So the point's an important story for this. 
it's not really Yoshiel Melech's problem or issue that there's a Pasuk Chumash and the Navi said that have a Kabbalah, they're going to self-destruct and it's not your job, it's not your problem and it's dangerous if you go, but it's not supposed to be going. No, but the Pasuk is here and he feels it could be the Pasuk applies. Maybe, yeah, maybe not. So the Pasuk doesn't have to apply, but it's not a direct steer. So this, for an example, for the Gemara and Harius, is a bad example. Because how can you be sure your Rebbe's wrong? You have a Pasuk, you think it applies here. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe not. That's not 100%. That's not even 99%. It's a high number because uh, Yoshio Melech was a big tzaddik, but that's not 100%. That's first of all. Second of all, the problem is, it sounds like from this Gemara that he didn't even ask. And it sounds like from the marriage, they had the conversation. Yes, you had your hand up before. That's nice. You're saying, if we're really on the Madriga, it won't even come up as a Shiloh, that army won't show up. And that's true. That's great. Yeah. Yes, but is it beyond the pale to say that he's getting an Isayan? I We haven't had a Pusik yet that wasn't tendency in this. You're right. I think in a, on a, in a better day, in a better era, we wouldn't even have the Shiloh. And the army wouldn't be within 100 kilometers. That's true. But Yoshio is not uh, surprised that there's an Isayan and I have to apply a Pusik. He says, that's what I'm doing with my life. My whole life is not fighting Rishayim. That's what I do all day. I was always in the Sanus and I have an Isayan. So you're right and, and he's right. The question is, which didn't address you once, that was, I'll get to remind me afterwards. The question over here is the million dollar question. Did Yermio Hanavi tell the Mela, Your Highness, don't go? Did that conversation ever take place? I don't believe it did. I don't believe it did because the only way out is the Sugyan Harius, and you need to be 100% sure, as sure as a human being could be. And based on what I just described, how can you be sure? You have a Pussy in Chumash, he has a Pussy in Yeshaya. You have a problem of uh, answering the Stira, so we'll discuss it more in learning. We'll meet you at the base next week. First, get rid of the army, everybody go home, and everybody come to the base measure. I'll give a shear on it. That's, that's the Kasha. It's a good Kasha, we'll talk about it. Marai is here, the Gemara says, The second million dollar question, which we're going to address right now, is this is a stronger question, this is 10 million dollars. Why didn't Yermio Hanavi tell him, in Tinsalama, they had the conversation and he sees not listening. Why didn't he go over to him again and say, Your Highness, one second, we have to discuss this. This is very dangerous for you and for Kalei Yisrael. I really mean it. Let me explain it to you again. We don't find there was more of a conversation, so let's say. Okay, he said it once. How many times you can say it? He's a big tzaddik. Let him, uh, let him deal with it. So it doesn't sound like he pressed the point, which fits into this Gemara. So the pshat, I believe, and I have some Amarkamis to share with you in a few moments or after Pesach to prove this point, but I don't want you not sleeping over Yantif. The, the pshat is, speaking of Nisianus, is that Akash Baruch Hu, when it comes to a big tzaddik who's able to make the decision, is a barachi to have the Nisayan. The Nisayan's not going to be like this. The Nisayanists, the higher Madrega, the Nisayanists are so, e- so equal in terms of the choice. It's so difficult to figure out right and wrong because if the Nisayan were like this, you get up in the morning, mashallah, I like to give uh, right before Maidani this morning, did you have any Nisayan to kill someone? If the answer is yes, see me after davening. Uh, the answer for most of us is no. Why do we struggle with that? 
have a Yetzirah and start davening for Saturday. The answer is, as Vadesla says, it's not within our Kudus of Bechira. That's not, that's not, uh, not in the morning. Has no Sheikhs, Baruch Hashem. We might have had an Isayan, are we going to Shir? Are we coming out time? Are we going to Shachar? Should we say Shakriya Shemar the Magad Avram? There are other Nisayanis to come up. Are we the same Bechzatera with the Kavana that it requires? Other Nisayanis in the morning. This Nisayan, however we come out, has to be for the Melech so tight that if Yirmiyo Hanavi would go over to him and say, Rocha Bitzcha Katana, he has the ability to do it, I feel he understood fully. That, that's not his job, and he shouldn't, and he didn't. We know he didn't. If he did, he wouldn't have gone. So when the Gemara here says, I don't think it's a stira. I think the conversation started, as the Medrash says. But he didn't push the agenda. He's promised to it. He said about uh, my Kabbalah from my Rebbe, Yeshaya Navi, and he said, a Pasuk in Yeshaya, he said, all the Ramaz and why this isn't really your Geshefet. And it's not your problem. And then the Melo starts quoting Maybe there was another minute or two of discussion. I believe either Yermio or Novi was told not to push it further, not to say it or understood himself, this is his Nisayan. Now, if you have information and a fellow is about to fall into a pit and you have information that the, the manhole is not on firmly, you need to say, he's a Bal Madrega, Hashem gives him the sanus. I'll let him figure it out. We don't do that. Obviously, there's a Lifni Iver and there's a... Over here, the stakes are a lot higher, and Klai Yisrael was missing schusim, and it wasn't the Melech's fault, but the Melech is only operating with his own schusim and the schusim of Klai Yisrael, and just like Moshe Rabbein was told to go down from Arsinai when he, Klai Yisrael wasn't Zeche, he was playing with a lot of ammunition, but just enough to make the right decision if he thinks about it long and hard and tries to dig and dig and dig and find the MS over here without the Novi telling him. This is unusual. Usually the Novi comes and says, Rachel Bitzcha Katana. And sometimes he says it, he says it once, not twice. Sometimes he says it, and there's room to maneuver. And that's part of the Nisayan. And I believe that's why the Gemara says, means he should have gone back a second time, a third time, a fourth time, to discuss the alleged stira to get to the bottom of it. What? No. Yoshio Amel should have gone back. means he should have asked him again. We should have asked him, did they have a conversation? Didn't have a conversation. Why didn't Yemir just say yes, no, clearly? It sounds like in the Medrash that they had the conversation, a Pusik here, a Pusik there, a good kasha, and that was it. And my rai is that the Gemara, why make a machalik? Is the Gemara in tandem with the Medrash used the Lashon Hayala Limlach? He didn't ask. They didn't ask. They had a conversation. That's some conversation. The answer is they had some conversation. It wasn't conclusive. It sounded like they agreed to disagree, but here we have something of national importance. When they agreed to disagree, why did they ask the Yom Vatumim? You're going to have to answer that also. There are answers to all this, but, but you have to have, that's why on Tisha B'av, I never did justice to this. I only have five minutes before the kinna to say that something went wrong and he relied on a Pusik, but that doesn't do justice to it. It has to be explained, and what's crucial for us over here, besides the understanding of what was going on in the background, is that our life, it's a compliment, is not often made up of decisions that are obvious. The Nisai in the morning of whether to do the Gimel of Ezra, is Baruch Hashem, or obvious if you're from... Even with those categories, to embarrass somebody, not to embarrass somebody, there are, there are subcategories. Avodah uh, has kas, has redifa samam, and there are a lot of uh, other forms of Avodah But if the Nisayan isn't 50-50 or 49-51, then it's not an Nisayan for us. That this is, Rebbe Desla is the Kudus of is that what's above 
is not your problem because you can't pass, and what's below, you shouldn't be struggling with. So it has to come out, when we explain to Sugya, that he was faced with, it sounds insurmountable, nothing's insurmountable, but the very difficult explain, and the Novi Adar is sort of talking to him and being Marames, but is either under instructions not to say too much, or understood himself that uh, this is part of the Nisayan. What was that? What about the Umatumim? A uh, good question from Makayan. What about the Umatum? Where is the Umatumim over here? I'll give you the short answer. It was Nignaz, and you'll never guess by who. You couldn't make this up. Yes. So, he was guiding us already. So, we would have said, uh, wait a second, guys, where'd you hide that thing? Can you bring it back? Uh, that object, uh, I shouldn't have put it away. That was a little impetuous. Can you bring it back? To his credit, he knew he was talking about the urn, and you can't say, where'd you hide that thing? Get it back. It's not a thing you put away and put back. It's not. This is the urn. This is the luchus. The Haley Galuchus. For whatever reason, he understood and he was right. He's not criticized, but Chazal complimented. For whatever reason, he put it away. He put it away, and he put it away because he had foresight to see the Chorba was coming. He didn't realize how much foresight he had. The Chorba was coming because he's going to get killed very soon. And you'll say, well, he should have put it away next week. Had he waited for next week, he wouldn't be around. Well, you'll say, that's not true. Had he waited the next week, he would have asked, and he wouldn't have gone to battle. That's not true either. <laughs> because he wouldn't have gotten a clear answer, I think, from the Yom anyway. But the better answer is that the Yom was hidden by him. And you know who says that, Terence? I told you this was complicated. <laughs> it's absolutely fascinating. But uh, that's the first place to turn. You don't have to have, to have any conversation with Yom Yes, there was another hand up. So, so, so yes, it's frightening. But if you tell somebody in a soundbite, the trigger, the straw that broke the camel's back, as frightening as this is, is lack of amunus chachamim, lack of listening to das terror. Even though the person we're pinning it on was a sadik said element who always listened. And he always listened to himself who was Das Terra. If that's what you're pointing out, yes, and that's a crucial point. It came down to a decision, not saying they would have been out of the woods, but had he lived longer, the reason this is the beginning of the Chorban, had he lived longer, it was at 40%, it would have raised 50%, 60%, 70%. He would have got, gotten rid of all the people in the peanut gallery uh, who were on their couches laughing at the Shlichen. He needed a few more decades. He was a young man, and he needed more time. So, so it's almost an impossible I, it, impossible is too strong a word. It was the so most difficult Nisan. At this point, I don't want to make anybody depressed before Pesach. This is Mangula. But uh, from this point on, when we finish this sugya, uh, the next number of prokim are going to go faster, and it's not going to be good. It's a slippery slope from here, because he was the last person who could really turn this around. Sitkiyo is going to have another shot at it, because he himself is a personal tzaddik. By that time, the the naysayers and the uh, late Sanam are so powerful, he's really going to be stuck. So what I'm trying to show you is, here's a medrash. Somebody would see this medrash in this Gemara very quickly. Ah, it's Machlekes, the Bavli and the medrash. I don't believe it's Machlekes. I think there are two clues over here to the secret. And you have to read both and put them together. And one says he asked and had a conversation. The other says he should have asked. Well, he didn't ask. He was told. So why wasn't he told again more clearly? The answer is, well, that was in the science. So why didn't he ask again? The answer is, he thought it was pushing. Well, it wasn't so push it. Let me add one more prat, and then Mr. Shem afterwards will 
go back after Pesach and do the Chazar and see the Makaris inside. Uh, the other prat is the fact, and Rashi and Ne'en Yaakov says this. Rashi, it's a Rashi and Yaakov, and there's one line there that lights up the whole sugya and says this is said. Rashi says that he was supposed to figure it out. I'm describing, it was so difficult. How should he figure it out? Yemiel's not talking anymore. He doesn't think it's more of a shayla. So how should he figure it out? The answer is, what's going on every day in the marketplace? He's in the palace, and when he's not in the palace, he's running around destroying a other Zaras. It's not like he was never out. And he's doing these tours to uproot Avodazars. Wonderful. He went out and did himself, rolled up his sleeves. Otherwise, in the palace, getting reports of the Shlichen, Timur Chama coming back, and they said, okay, we covered that block, and we came in, nothing there. And we did all the houses, and they checked everything off. He's trying his best. How's he supposed to know that he's not Zechet to Chavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavayavay
me and the Imani, they're not looking at me, I'm not so from, they're not taking an example, yes they are, to everybody else, you're the Rashka Bahag, and you're from, and that's good enough for them, they're looking for an excuse, he's doing it, and he's wearing a yarmulke, and he's wearing titsis, and he learns, and he davens, and therefore, if he could do it, I could do it. That's a chil Hashem. Every time something is done, you have to do tshuva, more so for the chil Hashem aspect. Meaning, if they look at you as somebody who's from and chashev, even if you don't hold yourself to that, then that is an issue and that should prod you to be on your best behavior even though you're not in the mood. And if you cause them to be either downgrading their own ruchnias or still keeping what they're keeping, but talking Lashnar about you. That look, this guy sounds like he's from, looks like he's from, and he's doing this, that, and the other thing. That itself, the fact that they're saying it, repeating it, is a chil Lashem. Atcha Amru, quote from Rav, Kigan Ana, Imazgina Arba Amas If I would walk four Amas without learning, and I'm known as the Gadaladar, or if I'm not the Gadaladar, and I go a whole day without learning, and they see that morning Seder, night Seder is not so important, Ben Asmanam is not so important, the Bacharim have to learn Benazman. So they have to know that not only do they have to learn, but they have to learn. They have to learn because when they come home and their parents, A, want some nachas, and B, everybody else is looking. So what are they doing? They're Benazman. Nothing wrong with airing out and relaxing a little bit. But if they're not opening up a safer, which hopefully is not happening around here, then besides the Bittu Teru that's a Chil Hashem. To prod the... People who are, don't hold themselves, I'm 17 years old. What are you holding me up to? Who's looking? The answer is everybody's looking, as he will spell out. And even I'm not wearing tefillin, they wear tefillin all day, because I'm an honest, I can't wear tefillin right now. Now, if you're put from tefillin because you can't wear it right now, it's also to put on tefillin. So then the answer would be stay home. But don't put yourself in a matzah where people are not going to understand the story and start talking Lush and her. What do you do with the people who look for Lush and her and look to me mazalzal every moment and whatever you do, they're going to have something bad to say and there are people like that. He's going to say later, then you're putter if you're trying your best. But you have to be cognizant of this and not give them any fodder if it's not necessary. A very difficult thing to attain and you have to always keep your mind on it. He says, don't get too nervous. You have to try your best. Otherwise, you walk around bent out of shape. You're not going to be able to do any of it. You have to be able to do it. Kier is something that might not be wrong, but it looks wrong. They shouldn't find the Pesach of Lashon Hara, or better yet, Maitzi Shemra, to spread around. Befrat, be'inyin ha'momon, sri charaba, shalai ha'kesev nechsha, be'inyin ha'mo'uma, bimkaim dikel ha'mechash, achas mini elav l'chil l'ashem. Train yourself that money should be worthless in your eyes. That training only takes about 120 years, so, but it's a work in progress. You've got to try that when you have any sayin, should I take the money, should I not, should I have a machlekes, Remember, you might be right, you don't have to roll over and give up all the money, but if there's any chash of gezel or chil you've got to be careful. Now, chil doesn't mean if they have some choice words to say because they think they should have the money and it's clearly outright gereva. I think you don't have to roll over. You can. It wouldn't be baltashas if you don't want to start a machlekes. I will add that. 
But you have to put in the shash of possible gzela, and even if it's not mamish gzela, possible shayla, where it looks like it's something you're doing wrong and it can lead to a chil Hashem, then you have to practice the money should be in your eyes, kim uma, that means zero. You should be ready to throw it out and to give it away and to give it up. Better he should be without and hungry. And Bifrat, he goes on to say that people are looking to be metzilas on firmer people. The firmer they are, the more they look like to me the the more the late sonim are looking to start trouble because they feel guilty. If they can de- take them down a few notches, they're more than happy to do so. And that's why on a global level, did you ever notice uh, in the world, in the news, in the UN, they always talk about the terrible human rights violations and all the other atrocities the Jews are doing worldwide because we're on a pedestal and they want to knock us down. Ah, you look anywhere near the Middle East or any other place, the atrocities going on right next door, down the road, are a thousand times worse than anything that you might be claiming is going on. And it's Israel, no, no. As one person said, you got to start somewhere. But that's because we are held to a higher authority, higher accountability. It's not right when it's just anti-Semitism dressed up. But within Klai Yisrael, certainly... The biggest Chil Hashem is when Jews see it. It's also Chil Hashem of Gaim see it. And if we're doing something even a tad off, even something that looks shady, we are held to a higher accountability and we have to perform as such, even though it's not pleasant and even though sometimes it's often misused just for blatant anti-Semitism. Something to keep in mind. We will, Mitzvah Hashem, continue the Navi Shir after Pesach.